everyone and welcome to the Hardcore Podcast. I'm your host Romy Adair and in this podcast we get into the nitty gritty parts and experiences that are often had during the journey to become a professional dancer. Chatting to dancers in training and professional from all around the world creating one safe space that can be shared by many. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode I'm joined with James Stevens. Hi James. Hi. How are you? I'm good thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We've just had two days off. So, well oh. we're, I'm in my middle of my two days off so it's nice. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um, but we'll get into kind of you and what you're up to and what you're doing as we get into the episode um so we're going to start with a quick fire round just so the listeners can get to know you a little bit better awesome so how old are you I'm 27 years old 27 yeah um and what was your training and your companies just briefly we'll get into it more in detail yeah so I started off at the Royal Ballet School in London for eight years and after graduating from there I then moved to the Wiener Staatsballett in Vienna for seven years and then from there I moved to the Royal Danish Ballet in Copenhagen for the past year and a half. Okay interesting we'll get into all that in a bit. (laughs) Um, What is your favorite dancewear piece that you have? My favorite dancewear is for sure like a full body like knitwear it's like the full mm. suit kind of thing okay I have a good friend uh, back in Vienna and her family hand knits them at home wow. and so we would like order them and get like our own you know customized yeah. mm. knitwear and it was so nice I loved that so much oh I love that yeah I love all the warm-up stuff and it's yeah like the ruby aware stuff that I don't know oh, like yeah, every yeah. dancer has <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, great. Um, what's your favorite choreography that you've learned, understudied, performed, whatever that you've, yeah. I have two. Mm-hmm. My, my favorite, one of my favorites is definitely Foresight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did, a uh, a few years ago in Vienna, we did Artifact Suite where I was lucky enough mm-hmm. to do one of the main two couples mm-hmm. and it was just like, and then also like doing the whole group and everything it's just the most fantastic experience to move like that and to be able to be a part of like we all had to work together it was all a big thing that we did together and it was just the most amazing feeling yeah and my second one is definitely John Kranko's Onyegin it's been my dream to dance Onyegin and a couple of years ago I was lucky enough to understudy Onyegin so that was wow. like a dream come true just to understudy that. So yeah, they're my two things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'd love to do Forsyth. Um, That's fantastic. It it looks the end. I just can't. <laughs> uh, the, no words. Yeah. Um, and what's your favorite food? My favorite food is. I'm really naughty. I love some like fast food. So I love like <laughs> chicken wings, I don't know, burgers and pizza. Yeah, like, no, we I love just, that. I love it. <laughs> no, I, I mean, mean, now I'm being much more careful with what I'm eating because I'm not dancing. So I'm being much more careful. <laughs> but yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, that's quite, yeah. I feel like most dancers I've talked to, it's all been like, I don't know, 
pizza, pasta, burgers, stuff like that. And I love yeah. that. So it's <laughs> we we love to see it. Yeah. Um, so let's get into kind of talking about your journey from the beginning, how you got into dance. Was it always ballet? Was that something you always wanted mm-hmm. to pursue? Um, you know, when, where, and then when did you decide to kind of train professionally? So like go to the Royal Ballet School, how, yeah. Yeah. So actually it started when I was like three years old, Mm -hmm. I was just in the normal school, just started like, you know, very young. Mm -hmm. And I remember sat there and this lady came over to me and she was like, oh, you should come try some like dancing. So I did the dancing and kind of like expressive arts and I just loved every second of it. And whenever we did the exams, I would always get top marks and I just loved it. And when I was nine years old, I went to my mom and I said, oh, like, can I go and try a ballet class, like a proper ballet class? And she was like, oh, okay, like, sure. (laughs) And at the time, my brother was a gymnast. And so she went to drop him off at gymnastics and explain the situation to the other moms. And they were like, oh, this is amazing lady. Her name's Bernadette Hayes. She lives very close to where you are. And she has an amazing ballet school. Just sent him there. I go there and within my first class, she was like, you need to audition for something called Junior Associates, mm, which is wow. kind of like the year before like Royal Ballet School. Okay. It is a Royal Ballet School. It's, yeah, it's it, part of the scheme. It's yeah, part yeah, yeah. of the scheme. Yeah. It's and it's like the feeder into the lower school. Yeah, exactly. And and, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And they had one in Leeds. And because mm-hmm. I, I was living in Huddersfield at the time, mm-hmm. which is kind of up north, kind of near Manchester way. Um, yeah. And so she was like, you need to audition. I was like, I don't know what that is, but okay, let's just give it a go. <laughs> and I was lucky enough to get in. Mm-hmm. And so I joined the junior associates. And I was only there one year because during my year there, they were like, oh, you need to audition for White Lodge, which is the lower school of the Royal Ballet School. And I was like, mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what that is, but okay, sure. And I did all the rounds and just, I just very lucky again, I got into the school and Mm. then they explained to me that it was a boarding school and it's to train professionally for ballet. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's my life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it just happened, like it literally just all kind of flowed from one thing to the next because they obviously saw a lot of potential and they were like, we need this boy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I was very lucky. It kind of just flowed mm. like that because, you know, people really trained and knew all about the Royal Ballet School. I had no clue. Mm. Like, I'd never heard of the Royal Ballet or any ballet company in the world until I joined that school. <laughs> no, but like, that's what's so, that's why I love just like having these conversations because, like, I had a girl on recently who's now at the Royal Ballet School, but like, she kind of talked about her having to audition like three times. And she never got in. And then now she's Mm. like, it's, and that's important to kind of just the transparency between dancers not getting in straight away. And some people do, and that's, you know, it's great. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Mm. It's yeah. I'm, I feel very fortunate. I must say. (laughs) Yeah. Were there any challenges with the fact that I guess all happened quite quickly for you in the sense that maybe you didn't set, out with the idea of being like oh my god like I want to be at this particular school which also happened to be I guess like the best school in the country and how that would then lead on to possibly a job in ballet um I don't know like did you find that difficult 
I don't know, were there any challenges um, in that process of training? Not really. Mm-hmm. I feel very lucky and fortunate with my training and mm-hmm. I I loved every second of it. I mean, I got very homesick mm-hmm. when my parents would drop me off because I don't live near London. Yeah. Um, and to be 11 years old and just to be like dropped off at a boarding school where it's like That's five and a half hours away from your home. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but the first nights were very difficult. But from then on, I just, I loved every second of it and I just mm-hmm. made some incredible friends that are literally like my family now Mm. and we had like each other's backs and if someone fell down we were always there to comfort the other and of course there's competition but it's friendly competition there was never never any like unfriendly competition we never had any bad vibes or anything I was extremely lucky people and like Mm -hmm. It was just a really good time. I actually have nothing negative nothing. to say about it. <laughs> that's, it's, it's crazy. That's great. That's um that's really good because I think, yeah, again, like everyone's journey is so different. Some people it will be mm-hmm. like, I don't know, a mix of the best time of their lives and also some of the not great times. But like I'm yeah. glad that you had a really good experience during those years. Um, what was it like then? So you went to the lower school, you went to White Lodge at eleven. Um Yes. And I think, is it four years until you then move, four or five years before it's, you move into the upper school? Yeah, it's five years, but you have okay. to re-audition yes, to go to before, the upper school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what um, was that like? Did Because you went to the upper school as well, didn't you? Yes. Yes. So, yeah, you had to do this whole audition process again. Mm-hmm. And on the day after the audition, which is like a private audition just for us in the yes, school. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not extent, yeah yeah and after the audition they say yes no or maybe so obviously if you get a no then you like it's a no Mm -hmm. and if you get a yes then obviously you're in but if you get a maybe you have to then go to the open audition with all the with everyone the rest of the dancers yeah um but again I was very fortunate to get a yes immediately so Mm -hmm. it was a very scary scary process and you know to be with your friends that were getting no's and maybes or Mm. other yeses like it's it was a very scary time but everyone was like next to each other so yeah and then I went to the upper school which is where my eyes opened to the real world (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah 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 because like when you're in white lodge you're definitely like in the boarding school locked away from the world it's crazy yeah and then going to upper school yeah it's like you're living in central london you have to commute on the tube for the first year i mean everything's changed now and i don't know how Mm. it is there but i know it's completely different from when i was in the school okay but we lived at wolf house which is in baron's court so we would have Mm -hmm. to take the piccadilly line into covent garden it's like 25 minutes or so yeah that's not bad and then the second and third year, you're living in Covent Garden. So it's just yeah, like, that's amazing. Well, I think that's the same now because I'm, yeah, people, yeah, I think yeah. they still live in, people live in Covent Garden. Um, yeah. But I remember very clearly when I say opened my eyes joining was because, yeah, our, the first year we had a, a teacher, Mr. Packray, and oh my goodness he was the scariest teacher I've Mm. ever had in my life and at the time you feel like why is he so tough why is he so tough Mm -hmm. 
but hands down he's the best teacher I've ever had in my life and mm -hmm. we all learn so much from him even though it was a lot of ups and downs mm -hmm. but we learn so much from him and I can promise you that most people that went through that school and had him as a teacher would be like yeah he's the best teacher mm -hmm. he's, he's absolutely fantastic so to have this like toughness it was a big change from white lodge okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> I find that happens a lot like even I don't know when I look back at my training I feel the same like some of the scarier teachers or the ones that at mm. the time you felt like oh like do they like me is this a personal like am I yeah. getting all these corrections because sometimes it can feel a bit like a personal attack a personal thing yeah yeah um or it's just like scary because it's new when you're like I've never been you know, in a classroom that's kind of had this vibe or atmosphere, like mm. everyone's a bit freaked out. But then you look back and you're like, okay, well, this person said some really valuable stuff to me that kind yeah. of like changed the way you think about everything in ballet. Which everything. Is, yeah. And even to life, it's, mm. it's very funny because even though you're 16 years old when we had him, like mm -hmm. it actually prepared you for like professional life also to know that it's not all rainbows and butterflies <laughs> <laughs> yes it's definitely not um so what was so that was like your first year would you say was there any other moments that you felt like were quite a big change from white lodge whether that be you know adjusting to kind of maybe not having I don't know a house parent and that whole independence thing of moving yeah I mean especially the second and definitely the third year we didn't have house okay. parents okay and we had our own flats mm -hmm. and we were literally like you know we don't we didn't have a curfew yeah and yeah. that's the time was when you know you wanted to go out mm -hmm. and enjoy London also mm -hmm. so we had a, a fantastic time but that was definitely the biggest change because you know that you're really starting to become mm. an adult and you have to mm -hmm. act like one also and uh yeah, again, like we had different teachers and they definitely prepared you for like the next part of our lives, which mm -hmm. is being professional ballet dancers. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's definitely like you learn a lot about adult life. It's yeah. Yeah. It's I, I keep I think about a it lot. now and it's so yeah. interesting. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot happens in like between the stages of first year being 16 and then graduating in th at the oh, end of third year. Like a it's a happens. massive growth stage um were there any like I don't know difficult times during those three years that you remember any kind of moments that of doubt or I don't know anything from the, <laughs> the three yeah. years of I think definitely the first year when I joined the upper school mm -hmm. I with this teacher I had these self-doubts I was like oh mm -hmm. I'm not good enough and mm -hmm. maybe I'm not liking it like how I used to but mm -hmm. Then again, now I realize that I loved it and mm. I loved every second of what my teacher, Mr. Pagri, had to teach me, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think in when I was in second, especially with the more third year, yeah. I found that there was more to life outside than ballet because all we ever known was like just ballet, yes. ballet, ballet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I started, you know, I started going out and like meeting people outside and realizing there's much more to life mm -hmm. but I didn't think too much of it because ballet was everything mm -hmm. for me 
And I'm not going to lie, I wasn't an angel in school. <laughs> I was a <laughs> little bit naughty. <laughs> I'm very, yeah, I was a little bit naughty to get told off. <laughs> but I oh. love those moments and I feel yeah. like that's what shapes everyone. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, even from that age, I was already learning that there's more to life than just ballet. Yeah. And that's a, that's, I don't know, I think it is, like you said, like when you're younger and especially if you're in like a lower school training or just a very, I don't know, a lot of people in ballet will feel like they have to be 100% focused like all the Mm. time just on ballet. Um, How have you found kind of the importance of having a life outside of ballet to kind of keep you, you know, keep you sane in the sense of being able to get through because it is yeah it's it's a very difficult one because mm. I would never encourage anyone to go off the rails and like oh, no. <laughs> school, like it's yeah it's, it's, a, it's yeah. a very difficult one because you definitely have to like I wouldn't even say like 50 50 like it's, it's very hard mm. because you have to really concentrate a lot on ballet and especially at that school like the Royal Ballet School it's such an incredible school and you really have to concentrate and you also have to rest when it's time to rest and you have to learn this and only you can learn this about your body yeah it's like your body it's not that you like are told you have to rest it's like when your body needs rest you have to do it and you shouldn't push it Mm -hmm. so that's the thing is like you also I want I would encourage everyone to enjoy themselves and go out and visit London and make friends and stuff but at the same time if your body really needs to rest Mm -hmm. and I mean that age was also like you could handle a lot more and the body's younger and everything but Mm -hmm. I definitely also think it's very important to to be able to have friends or people outside that you can have conversations other than ballet and realize that yes ballet is your world and it's like what you want you want to be a ballet dancer and work in a professional company but also you know like there's a, there's more to life there's more, <laughs> yeah and I think I mean something I've talked about this quite a bit on the podcast before is you realize that for a lot of people you know it takes them a while to realize that but when I first realized that was when I got injured and I couldn't dance um, and I think yeah. a lot of people do realize that, that when they're injured and the thing that they love so much is taken away from them. And if they are just solely focused on ballet and they don't have other interests, other people, like it's yeah. really difficult. Um, so yeah, yeah. It, I'm glad that you're, I guess it's good to kind of talk about that. Cause I think I know that I've definitely got listeners that kind of need to hear more of that because it is difficult especially when you're young and you're trying to be competitive and you think yeah it is hard um and it's also very lonely like and it's it's funny now that when you said like when you got injured and you found more to life and I was like oh I don't feel quite as alone hearing Mm -hmm. someone else like you say this Mm -hmm. it's like oh yeah because I had a very similar experience and but at the time you feel so lonely and I Definitely. don't know, just for us to talk about it openly, mm-hmm. like that's my main thing is like, I don't want anyone to ever feel alone in such a harsh process because it's yeah. difficult, mm-hmm. very difficult. Yeah. So it's good that we can talk about it. Yeah. And yeah, 
I mean, that's exactly what this podcast is for. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cause that, yeah, there's so many things and I know a lot of young dancers, especially when they're, well, any dancers, when they're going through their first kind of big injury that sets them out and it means, you know, they got to sit out and they're missing out on shows, rehearsals, class, and you feel like everything's falling, you know, everything can feel like it's falling apart. Um, And that's why it's so important to have something else, you know, and other people in your life as well that aren't just either your colleagues or your peers it is important um what was that kind of going into more of your professional life and mm-hmm. moving to vienna um and then eventually royal danish but like what was that transition like for you moving from the uk because you're british correct yeah and yeah, yeah so you grew up everything from, so it was a bit it was a move in the sense that you, it was a big <laughs> you're moving to a country that's english isn't their first language like so many things um what was that like for you yeah that was that was very difficult mm-hmm. i'm not gonna lie i i remember i flew my family brought me down to london and mm-hmm. i flew by myself with two suitcases to vienna and i landed there alone and just like found the train and <laughs> yeah that was very hard but then mm-hmm. I had two of my best friends from the school also joining mm-hmm. so it was nice that they were there and cool. I was living with one of them mm-hmm. and um yeah so just being together and like it was like me Suzanne I think you've had her mm-hmm. on the podcast yes, before yeah oh lovely so and yeah. Nikisha Fogo who's okay. in uh, San Francisco, Francisco Ballet yeah. she's like star uh, like, I love her so much <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's amazing she's insane um <laughs> yeah um so, so yeah, yeah we we shared the apartment together and actually it was not too hard to adjust mm-hmm. like yeah of course like with the German like we didn't speak a word of German mm-hmm. and at that time not many people were speaking German but in everything, like all the legal documents, everything's in German. Mm-hmm. So it's very frustrating. It was very yeah. hard. So that was very, very tough. Mm-hmm. But going into the company, I loved every second of it. Mm-hmm. And I just loved that company and the people mm-hmm. and everything about it. And as soon as like from day one, I was already like, yes, this is like the this place is where, Yeah, that's really good. So, um, yeah. it definitely helps to move to a place with people, like with people that, you know, like obviously yeah. it would have been more, even more difficult if you were like fully, like just on your Alone, own. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's, I relate to that feeling because that was the same with me coming to Copenhagen. I can't, you know, I was at the airport, flew on my own with two bags, arrived. It, I was like, it's yep. so scary so I was like oh, making <laughs> taking that big step yeah <laughs> it, yeah it's a lot um but it's really good again that you kind of felt that you I guess fitted right in um mm. to that company environment because it obviously is like a big step from school yeah um how so how long were you in Vienna for I think I was there for seven years now seven years wow yeah what was, was yeah (laughs) what was that like kind of being in the same environment for seven years and in terms of you know trying to push yourself to 
I, I don't know, go up the ranks and explore new parts and roles and try to, I don't know, how did you set goals for yourself in terms of what you wanted to achieve? Um, like, did you do that or were you kind of just like going with the flow? What was that? Like, yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of just kind of went with the flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, Manuel Agree was our director and we had a very good connection. And already from when I arrived, you know, like, I guess my goals would be like, you know, to go up the ranks and mm-hmm. move up and stuff. And already from the beginning, like you would do all the group things and then like, you would be reserved for something a bit nicer and then like throughout the years like you would then do the nicer thing and then you'd be reserved for the next nicer thing like if you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and I guess that kind of like kept me going and Mm -hmm. like uh yeah Mm -hmm. and then I just started getting really nice opportunities and Mm -hmm. it that just was my biggest motivation and I was loving every second of it to be honest and yeah I just also I'm the type of person that likes to go with the flow I have goals but like I'm also just like riding the wave like yeah yeah no that makes sense and I think it is I don't know the thing is with ballet I think it's just really hard you can't well with anything in life you can't predict the future and it's really hard to control kind of what fully happens with your career because it is kind of in someone else's hands exactly Um, but yeah it's kind of it's interesting to hear how different I guess professionals deal with that you know deciding to move up because you know there'll be some people that I don't know will be in the core for many many years and then there'll yeah. be people that shoot straight up to you know doing principal roles at, in their first like it's crazy how yeah, things work crazy. and you can't dictate how that happens like exactly and you should never like compare yourself to anyone else because that's their career path and this is Mm -hmm. your career path like this is for you and you only you Mm -hmm. should not compare yourself to the next person maybe the next person is getting all these roles but and you're just doing your thing for now but you never know what's going to happen in the future like maybe it's just a slower yeah exactly like let's say like it's your career path Mm -hmm. yeah you should not be disheartened like yeah definitely that's yeah really good advice for you know people listening (laughs) um where did you have any I guess like challenges during the time during like your time in Vienna um yes yeah (laughs) I I really did I actually in my final year of school when I was 19 I already started getting knee pain in my right knee yeah so it already started in a school. So I joined the company already with pain. Okay, not, yeah, not the <laughs> So my whole professional life, I've had pain. Okay. Like a lot of pain. It's not just like a niggle. It's like no, pain. Okay, shit, yeah. And yeah, so obviously like the first couple of years, like I was trying to do as much physio, even though they didn't offer physio. I'm really? not just gonna I'm gonna put that out there that yeah, yeah no. they didn't offer physio and you had to go out and find your own physio and oh, that's really it. bad that is very bad so and I I'm hope mentioning it's changed. it because no yes, I mean now it's... it's changing okay let's let's say it's changing okay pro- it's a process it's yeah, in process. It's a process yeah no, but that is important though because it's I mean it's ridiculous that I don't know that gov 
especially government funded companies exactly aren't kind of on that yet yeah and you look um, at all the athletes and the football players and they have yeah, everything under the sun exactly we are just as athletic mm-hmm. as the footballers and we work just as much mm-hmm. and to not have that for your dancers is the biggest it's a really it's the big biggest letdown, letdown. Mm-hmm. yeah it's really rough and so yeah. you have to pay a lot of money yeah. for physios and doctors and everything did you so, have any, was there any support that the company provided, whether that would be like mental, physical um, health, anything? Oh, no. No, okay. <laughs> no, you're, you're on your own. You're on your own. And you really are just, yeah. Yeah. And so okay. you would go, I would go to other dancers and they would recommend a physio. And, mm-hmm. But maybe that physio wasn't for you, but you've just spent a hundred euros visiting them. Yeah. But you know that that's not the physio for you. And so you have to test which is You're the right physio for you. So, and it's like a hundred euros of a physio, you know? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it adds up. Money. Yeah. No, my God. Oh, yeah. That's really So rough. that was my like biggest struggle. And mm-hmm. I had so much pain in my right knee. Yeah. But then I was very lucky and I was getting nice opportunities. And I knew if I went off, then I wouldn't get the opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so I pushed through. Yeah. And eventually, because I was compensating by going on the left leg okay. more, yeah. uh, my left knee started. Oh, no. And then I got the same injury in both. And yeah, I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing because I was like getting all these opportunities. And one day in the middle of rehearsal, like, boom, like that was it. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you... Uh, when I say like, do you regret pushing it too hard? I know obviously there's going to be like pros and, you know, you had those opportunities and maybe if you like, what, how do you feel looking back at that? Um, and how you kind of, I guess, like treated your body and the way you went about dealing with, I don't know, the whole thing of pushing through to that, to that po- breaking point. To that point. Yeah. Um, that's a very interesting question because on one hand, obviously, I'm like, oh, it's the saddest thing. I mm-hmm. should never push myself through pain and mm-hmm. have to go through everything that I did. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I learned so much from it. And I learned so much from being off injured. And mm-hmm. I learned a lot about myself. And I feel like I had to go through that mm-hmm. to learn and to teach myself what I like. It was all a big lesson. Yeah. And I feel like I've learned a lot from it, basically. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I always try to take everything in a positive way. So yeah. actually I take that, like, I'm kind of happy that I went through that process because now, mm-hmm. like, when we'll get to my point where I am now, that was the biggest, one of the biggest moments in my life. Okay. And I learned so much in a very positive way. Yeah. So I'm kind of happy it happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel kind of the same about my injury. I mean, mine was less of, like it didn't really build up it was just like a it was a break so it kind of just happened um Uh, but (laughs) but, no no no, it's okay um but like yes I mean it was one of the biggest learning experiences in my life just in life um and I don't think I'd be in a set where I am now without it Mm -hmm. but the same yeah so it's interesting because I I don't know now when I talk to dancers and even when you're feeling niggles or you're feeling pe- that whole like thing of injury of 
deciding when to stop, especially if it's something that kind of is building up or it's had for a while is a really difficult question to ask ourselves. And, you know, I've got friends who are like, do I get surgery? Do I need like, Mm. and it's just so this, yeah, it's crazy. Um, It's a crazy topic of conversation. mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a tough one. Yeah. But it's kind of interesting to hear like how your, how it's, yeah affected and we'll get into that in it as we go yeah. through um yeah gosh that must have been really tough having been in pain like for the whole yeah the whole i mean it was time, definitely traumatic i think yeah i think the, the the scariest thing was like when i like really hurt myself i like partially tore both of my patella tendons oh in my both God. knees and you know like when I went to the doctor they told me oh like I've done oh by the way I've done every injection under the sun before this like I tried all the different injections yeah and he was like just to keep going but then when I really hurt myself he was like oh just do this injection in two weeks you should be fine and after two weeks he was like oh you need another six weeks off with shockwave therapy and everything and we did an MRI at the beginning of the six weeks Mm -hmm. and an MRI at the end of the six weeks to see Mm -hmm. if the tear had gotten better Mm -hmm. and if it did then we would continue this way but if it got worse or stayed the same I would need surgery okay and after the six weeks I got my MRI back and I looked at it myself and I was like I swear that tear looks more and all my friends were like yeah it does look more but you know who who are we to read an MRI Mm -hmm yeah and then I remember giving it to my doctor <laughs> oh, and no. his face just went white and he was like oh no <laughs> oh, oh no and he got the opinions oh. from six other doctors on what to and do. every single person said he needs surgery mm. and so I was like okay that's fine now I'm ready for it so okay then I went to go meet the surgeon and it was just for my right knee. And mm-hmm. then he was like, oh, but you have the exact same in your left. So you have to make the decision, like either you do one knee now and then in a year and a half, you do the other knee. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like a three-year process of being off or just like do both knees at the same time and like be disabled, suffer a lot, but then you get back much faster. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, just just do it. <laughs> just do both. <laughs> do both, I'll be I'll just wait and walk. <laughs> yeah, it was oh dreadful. My God. Oh my God. Yeah. And then again, he was just like, you know, this this might not work. He was like, you know, <laughs> it, it could make it worse. It could mm-hmm. be the same or it could be great. But he was like, you'll most likely never be able to dance again. So I'm just like, at this point, I really don't care. Ballet is the least of my worries. I just want to be able to walk. I want to be able to go to the coffee shops Mm -hmm. and like be pain-free. But then luckily enough, like three months after my surgery, they finally gave me the all clear and said, you're going to be able to dance again. So I was like, okay. (laughs) That's really, yeah, that's good. But that must have been, that's a really tough decision. Um, But I'm assuming you're glad you went through the surgery because I think a lot of, I don't know it's a scary thing to be like okay I need I'm gonna get surgery on this um yeah like as a dancer that whole idea knowing that you're gonna be out for a certain amount of time is like scary to think about yeah this is all about a year and a half process like I've explained it quite fast but it took about a year and a half and okay like I remember waking up from the surgery after my anesthesia 
anesthesia, if that's how you say it. Mm -hmm. Like just looking at my legs and I couldn't even tense the muscle to lift it because it hurt so much. Oh my gosh. And I had to relearn how to walk. And I remember my friends, like I had a lot of supportive friends, but I remember one is Scott McKenzie. He's now Mm -hmm. dancing in National Ballet of Canada and we're super close. And Mm -hmm. he would literally be arm in arm with me going down the the corridor of my flat like trying to teach me how to walk again and it's just like it's crazy but it's crazy to go through all of that and (laughs) yeah yeah did you so I I mean from that sounds like you had kind of quite a bit of support from your peers like in your colleagues Uh, it was amazing it was I have the best friends in the world yeah yeah it's no, everything so of like I have so much respect and mm-hmm. I love them so much <laughs> yeah Couldn't how were, without them yeah no I feel like that is seems to always you know be quite you know the case you at like the mo- more most support is coming from like literally the people the other dancers around you your friends yeah um because they kind of will be the closest ones to understand like I've compared I don't know like I feel like it's harder with parents if they haven't been down if they've oh, not come from dancing not. they can't it's not quite the same thing no um, yeah. nine danke no. <laughs> oh. um oh, yeah how were how was the company with your injury kind whether that be like you know were you still like were you still with the company were you still being paid did you get how was that yeah. like what was that like oh, it's so complicated okay. um but very briefly it was mm-hmm. uh I was st- still with the company mm-hmm. they were fantastic in the Good. sense of me taking the time that I needed to come back mm-hmm. otherwise they didn't do anything okay right because <laughs> mm-hmm. once you're injured and you're off like you're off on your own That's yeah okay it. okay maybe things have changed there now but at that time you're off on your own doing your own thing Mm -hmm. um so in this like on one hand they were fantastic they always let me they let me go for a very long time still with my contract to get ready to come back Uh, but yeah they didn't do anything for me Mm -hmm. Uh, so I was on a thing called Krankenstand which is pretty much just like sick leave okay and each month I think after three months is when your salary gets cut and it gets smaller and smaller okay but something went wrong. It's it's the Wiener Beats Krankenkasse. It's like the insurance, like okay. I don't speak a word of German, but mm-hmm. I remember that word. Okay, you're yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, there was some problem with the paperwork and one uh-huh. doctor had written the wrong thing. And for I think six months I didn't get paid a single I didn't get paid anything. Shit. And I had still my rent and all my bills, like all my physio, you know, I'm spending about 200 euros a week on physio and gym and the massage, like, cause you need Mm. special like surgical massage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, Yeah. So I had this, I was going to this insurance building and we all know that these like insurance buildings are like the worst place to go. I literally get like anxiety. I feel sick about going. And they were always like, come at 7am and I'm like oh my god I don't want to (laughs) (laughs) um so that was a it was a really big struggle Mm -hmm. but then in the end they fixed it on the last day and I managed to get all my salaries back so I was like okay fantastic (laughs) that's good um so yeah it was Mm -hmm. it wasn't a very nice experience and 
then I had a problem with the insurance for my surgeries because they said that they would pay before the surgery Mm -hmm. and then one week after the surgery they refused to pay so I got the bill for and we were fighting for about six months also with the insurance and I was all on my own doing this until I had to get the his name's Dominic Meyer he was the boss of the Venus Staatsoper and now he's the boss of La Scala so Mm -hmm. we got him involved and he sorted it out for me okay that's good because yeah so it was it wasn't a very that part was a very stressful experience and it was it's very lonely I had to do everything alone even if you have your friends around but it's your situation it's your bills it's your money it's yeah it's very sad and yeah yeah that really hurt me a lot Mm -hmm. and I think I'm still recovering from that it's kind of given me this like anxiety now to get Mm -hmm. letters or emails or something Mm -hmm kind of yeah. traumatized me <laughs> no I mean stuff like that is especially when I mean like I've kind of had a similar well it's really not similar but like I don't know pa- paperwork and stuff like I don't know That's tax awful. and stuff like in a different country is so scary and like no one like there's really not that much help like, <laughs> like yeah. there's literally you're, like what you're, can on any, you're on your own and I'm literally like I don't understand what's going on right now yeah I know <laughs> um but yeah fun times it's but you you got through it I got through it yeah (laughs) yeah so coming back when did like I don't know so in terms of like the seven years you were in Vienna when did you get injured and then like how long were you dancing there as like coming back from your injury before you moved yeah so it's all a big blur I think Mm -hmm. I was dancing for four years yeah and then I was out for mm-hmm. one and a half. So that would make it five and a half years. Mm-hmm. And then I got back mm-hmm. for like September, October, November, December, January, February, March, like seven months. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because that's when COVID hit. And then, co- yeah. Okay. Um, so that's when I was like back in shape. Okay. Finally. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I yep. still had pain, but like I could do everything by that point. Okay. And I could do a full ballet class and I could do full length ballets yeah. and whatnot. Okay, that's good. Yeah. yeah, it does take a long time. I mean, it's who can't, you know, saying that it, seven months later you felt like you were kind of like back in shape because it does take a long time, like more than I think people expect when you're oh. coming back from an injury to get like back into, you know, a point where you feel comfortable dancing and your stamina's back and you feel yeah confident yeah yeah I I completely agree I mean they told me six months Mm -hmm. that I would be back and it took a year and a half Mm. so yeah (laughs) yeah no it just takes a lot of time and that's what you need is like you just need time and don't Mm -hmm. pressure yourself it's your body it's gonna heal just give it the time that it needs and each body's different maybe one person can heal super fast Mm -hmm. like my right knee healed much faster than my left okay I think I would have been back fully if I just had my right knee Mm -hmm. I think I would have been back fully after six months but then my left knee that's what took Mm -hmm. so long that's yeah that's really interesting because obviously it's the same you know surgery yeah same surgery same injury same body (laughs) yeah it's crazy that's how yeah bodies are do with stuff like that I guess um so coming kind of you know back from your injury and then COVID hit and I know Vienna had a change in directors 
Um, yeah. So was that kind of, was a change in directorship something that, and I know like, obviously, like, obviously I don't know why every, I know a lot of dancers left Vienna at a yeah. certain point and I'm assuming it was because of the change of directors, but obviously I don't know because I wasn't there. But (laughs) what was that for you, your reason to decide to kind of move on? Yeah, so actually, again, I met Martin Schlepfer. He's the new director of the company there. And we all had like one-on-one meetings and he'd seen me dance and I had a really nice meeting with Mm -hmm. him. He really liked me and actually he was very nice to me. I have nothing against him. but as the time was going on, just before, I think my the final day that we could resign was like mid-February or something. Okay, so you had like a point in which you could be like... Yeah, in like most companies, you have a point where you would have to okay. resign beforehand. I think it's yeah. like February 14th or something like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And at this, like, my meeting was October. And all these months, I was like, yeah, I'm going to stay. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't think anything of it. But then as like this day was getting closer and I was like already these thoughts I, I was having I was like I'm not really enjoying this mm-hmm. like ballet the way I used to enjoy it and okay. the time that I had off when I was injured was actually like some of the best months of my life and I met these amazing friends outside and I actually was enjoying my life much more than I was when I was In- fully dancing yeah. mm-hmm. So I was definitely having these thoughts and especially when I was injured, I had already had the thought, okay, I'm going to stop. And Okay. So that was. Oh yeah. That was definitely in my head. Like that I would stop and Mm -hmm. do something else if it didn't get better. And I was Mm -hmm. actually kind of okay with the fact. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, I was like, Hmm, is it ballet or is it Vienna Mm -hmm. or like, what is it? Like I have no clue. And some of my like closest friends had decided to move on as well. And I was like, you know what, I'm, I think I, it took, a, it took time to make the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took the decision with people around me, but I was like, okay, I'm going to resign from this company and move somewhere else mm-hmm. to, as a kind of like a tester to see if it's the ballet or if it's, if it's piano or, you know. Yeah, if it's the environment or is it? If the yeah, environment, yeah, yeah, the city. Mm-hmm. So yeah, then I resigned and I had all my auditions lined up but then COVID hit (laughs) yeah so all my I mean the day I was flying to Copenhagen to do the Royal Danish Ballet audition my flight obviously got cancelled because it was the day that Denmark went into lockdown okay oh my god that's and so we went into lockdown and I had no job like I knew that I was like leaving Vienna I was like oh my gosh what am I gonna do but then I was very lucky that Royal Danish they just sent me told me to send some videos Mm -hmm. and so after nine days I got a response with a contract and I was just like very grateful yeah yeah so that was kind of my ending of Mm -hmm. Vienna Mm -hmm. which was very very strange and also my knee started hurting again when I stopped dancing like because of COVID yeah and I was very confused and I tried to do some exercises and stuff but obviously it wasn't the right thing that I was doing and Mm -hmm the pain was coming back and oh gosh and yeah it was a very strange time and then to say goodbye to everyone and to move country alone and yeah 
it was a very difficult time um but also again like when covid kind of lifted restrictions and we could start hanging out again it was again the best time of my life not Mm -hmm. having to go to the studio and be in pain every day and doing other things and other passions of mine and yeah yeah so yeah that's really good yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's crazy how much I don't know like going through an injury how much you can learn about yourself having that time away from the studio and I think even COVID I think for a lot of people was a massive learning experience um yeah and also just like allowing yourself to enjoy life a bit more but exactly obviously everyone's I know everyone's situation was different um so you did you move to Copenhagen during COVID or did you have to wait until they came out of their lockdown? I moved, it's kind of the middle of the pandemic, but it was okay. the 20th of July. Okay, yeah. So it's still middle of pandemic, but the lockdown had been lifted, They'd but there was li- yes. still restrictions. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that was just horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I mean, everything went very smooth, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, everything was very smooth. I have no complaints about that, but mm-hmm. my emotions were just too intense. And okay. when I moved to Copenhagen, it was just like, I love the city and I love my friends, but it was moving there was just, I struggle with change pretty mm-hmm. much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is a lot of, you know, yeah, it is a lot of change. Um, yeah. And yeah, moving to, yeah, different country, it's difficult. And there's so many like adult things that you have to sort out. And yeah, there's a, a lot. lot to adjust to, definitely. Um, what was your kind of time with the company like? And also, I guess, like with your injury um, and the support you know, you had it Royal Danish mm-hmm. and what was that like? And then moving away from that kind of, what was that experience like for you? It's been, it's been a roller coaster. Yeah. Because um, yeah, obviously I joined Royal Danish Ballet and th- my knee got worse again. And okay. I had the same, I, I was pushing through mm-hmm. and I managed to do Ask Apart, like that Cinderella, mm-hmm. but I had so much pain doing it. And they'd never really seen me dance before. Mm -hmm. And then my knee was getting worse and worse. And then I remember going to the physio and she was like, if you don't stop now, like like, you'll need surgery again. And so they had to inject my knee and they said, oh, it'll take like six weeks, but I was off the whole season. Okay. So it was really rough. It was really, really hard, Mm -hmm. but I had the most amazing support, nothing mm-hmm. like Vienna. It was really to have the two physios, to have Claire in rehab as mm-hmm. well, and the doctors and all of my friends and Nikolai, my, he was my boss, like so supportive. And yeah. I would have meetings with them and they were so understanding and they were mm-hmm. telling me that I need to take as much time as I need. Mm-hmm. And all dancers go through this and I was like in my head is like I just went through this and it's like happening happening again and it was really really rough Mm -hmm. and then going into lockdown again yeah and not being able to do proper physio sessions and like yeah it was it's been very very hard yeah yeah that sounds 
yeah god I can't yeah. literally I'm just imagine like yeah <laughs> there's no I don't think it, there's any words <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time I have like the most amazing friends as well and they were by my side the whole time mm-hmm. and with them I had the best time of my life like I love them so much and so it's like I two ends of the spectrum it's like it's yeah. been so heartbreaking tough but at the same time it's been like the best year and a half of my life really mm. and yeah like this summer like when we went into summer holidays I knew that when we came back in the August I would be back fully dancing and I was mm-hmm. um, but during the summer I had a lot of emotional mental health mm-hmm. uh, let's say yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. problems and some heartbreaks and family traumas, some deaths, and then to have like a breakups and it was it was really tough. And then to have on top the career situation and knowing yeah. I just could not do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And to have to say it out loud and to have that conversation. And I had it with my friends. Mm-hmm. And then I came home and I had it with my family. And you know, I I was crying mm-hmm. non stop on social media I was having the best time of my life and I did go on holiday I must say I did go on holiday to Greece with my like two best girlfriends Natasha and Akeisha Mm -hmm. we had the best time ever like it really was like that Mm -hmm. but at the same time I was crying non-stop Mm -hmm. I, I I was sick I got very nauseous and sick and I didn't sleep and it 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 kind of overwhelmed me and I had a lot of support and from a lot of people I wish I wanted more support from other people and you know when you don't you know when you want support from someone but they they don't don't, give it it it, it breaks you even more yes it's so oh my yes that I don't think there's many other feelings like that it's yeah Mm. and I had some pretty harsh comments made and I don't know the whole thing yeah was just too much and overwhelming and I just wanted to disappear yeah. And then I was with my family and we made the decision and I felt so relieved. I felt mm-hmm. so good in myself. I was like, oh, I haven't felt this good in so long. Mm-hmm. And so when I came back to Copenhagen and I told Nikolai, my boss, he was fantastic. He was mm-hmm. so nice and understanding. And I explained the whole situation. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's when uh, I resigned. Mm-hmm. And the beginning of August, knowing that I would stay until the end of November and from then on I'd never felt so good in myself and I was I loved going to work because I didn't have to prove anything I could just do my own little thing I would do my nice shows Mm -hmm. and I was pretty much pain-free and that's when I had my like healing process these August September October November these four months and I'm still struggling from summer but that was very traumatic but you know it's been four months and I can see the progress and yeah yeah that's so good um but I'm at the same time yeah that's gosh so many different emotions so many different experiences <laughs> to experience yeah. in such a short space of time um, yeah yeah and the thing is is like it was all it's not just not that you can class one experience mm-hmm. like one traumatic thing happened like less than another but yeah these things that happened to me were very life-changing yeah things. experiences things like I, I don't know and it yeah, was of course I'm still recovering <laughs> well yeah it takes 
and it will take time because that's yeah. exactly yeah it's time that's the only thing like we could yeah. have said just said even speak about our in- injuries yeah same thing with mental it takes time to recover and get through it yeah, yeah. um but it's so good to hear that you've had such like good support from Royal Danish and I've heard other great things about you know Nikolai yeah. and the team and all the yeah it's it just sounds so good um it's very and it's, lucky <laughs> and it's really I don't know like it's so nice because I don't know if you well I'm sure you know Fiona um yes yeah um yeah. And she she'll probably be listening to this podcast, but it's so I love when she she'll just talk about like the just like how much of a great team there is, and I just think it's so nice to hear about a ballet company, which like I guess in my experience I've kind of you know been taught, and you hear these awful stories about you know mm. ballet companies exploiting their dancers and not you know yeah, there's know. just so much <laughs> exploitation in the industry, and there's so much there's so little support and even just talking about your own experiences from other companies, the lack of support and then hearing about a place that does have support is really nice to hear. Um, But it is kind of, sometimes you need to kind of step away from that, no matter how much maybe support there is in the institution. Yeah. You know, having to say, yeah. Um, How's it, how has it been kind of making that, change from you know dancing every day to kind I don't know what you do now but like just leaving Copenhagen (laughs) and going back to the UK and kind of taking a step out of ballet essentially um I've never felt so good in my body Mm -hmm. I feel I'm so happy with my decision Mm -hmm. um there's not been one moment that I've regretted it um I feel really, really good. And I go to the gym every day and I still do all my physio exercises Mm -hmm. plus extra like workout kind of Mm -hmm. things. And so I get my like workout, you know, not as much as like dancing. Nice bit of sweat, nice. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's fine. I I love this. I love to work hard and I have this mentality of a dancer that we love working hard. Yeah, no, same, I get that. Yeah, like I love going to the gym. This is my therapeutic thing, actually. This yeah. is how I get through my day. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've never felt so good in my body. Mm-hmm. And I, it just, I, I'm like smiling here. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. So, it's so nice that, yeah, that that's the, that you feel that way kind of coming out of it. Cause, yeah. As well, I guess, like for people listening who maybe are at a point in their, career journey whatever in that I think when you're thinking about leave it's it's really it's difficult to make that decision and I'm sure yeah you you know you went through that um but it's nice to kind of hear the good out of the other side coming out the other Mm -hmm. side and that yeah (laughs) you're happy with everything and how it's been um yeah (laughs) yeah no it's it's great yeah um okay is there anything else you want to mention? Anything else you want to talk about um, before we kind of wrap up? Any last words? Any advice for the listeners? Yeah, I, I, I guess just like, just to know, like we all have our own situations and problems, but 
you're not alone. Like this is the most important thing. It's like, we all feel so lonely in our situations. I mean, I felt so alone, mm-hmm. even if you have all the support around, but yeah, you can, yeah. Like, but you know, it's to like how you explained your situation earlier. I was like, ah, oh, like that doesn't make me feel quite as lonely to know. Not mm-hmm. that I ever wish someone to go through this, but no. like from my experience, like just to know that you're not alone and that it's okay to take time off and it's okay to rest. And yeah you should really listen to your body and you know I don't know how many people uh will ever listen to me or if I write something or I don't know but you know maybe it's just like that one person that can it can help you know mm-hmm. and that's what's the most important thing and that's pretty much what I want to say is just to like look after yourself and your body and to know when to rest and mm-hmm. just also know if you have to make that decision to go off injured or if you just injured because you broke something I don't know just like you're not alone Mm -hmm. and you have there's so much support out there and if anyone would ever need help and want to talk I'm always there also to just send me a message on Instagram Mm -hmm. I don't know like I'm sure I'll see it somehow or yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no I'll leave your Instagram handle in the description but I'm sure you know I know I know this episode will definitely help people and there'll be people that will yeah, it will be really valuable to a lot of, um, you know, young dancers yeah. and dancers who are professionals and everyone in between who listen. So, yeah, thank you so much for being so open about, yeah, about your experiences, about, you know, recovering from your injury and everything in between because it is it is really rough. Um, yeah. And like you said, you can feel alone even when you feel like you've got, everyone around you who's mm. supportive um but sometimes you can feel like you're the only one in the sense it's like uh, why do I think like this I'm the only one yeah. that feels this way why, why does this happen to happen why to this, me? Like, yeah it can become very yeah you can get, consumes, yeah. get yeah and yeah. it can be really yeah. tough to get out of um yeah. But, yeah, but thank you for having me oh, and being able okay. to talk about this. No like, worries. This is something very important to me. And yeah. with my next step in my life, I yeah. hope I can talk about it more and yeah. help other people. Like, that's my main goal. So That's great. Yeah. What are you kind of, I don't know, what's your like plan? Do you have <laughs> any, what's your, what are you going to do now? <laughs> so I'm really interested. I want to go down like, I'm moving to London and okay, I'm going to go down like the modeling route and the acting nice. route. So okay. still like in exciting. the artsy world and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I have to go to like acting school and just like learn more about myself and get out of my comfort zone. But yeah, this is something I've great. always wanted to do since I was a little kid. Okay. So well, yeah, I'm, it's kind of. Mm, I now can... I feel like I'm living my dream. Like, okay. Exciting. Like, it was never my dream to, I mean, I would obviously love to be in a principal ballet dancer dancing these main roles. That would have been amazing, but that was never my dream. Mm-hmm. But being on tv and acting and modeling and stuff that's and fashion shows like this is my dream love so let's see that's exciting well fingers crossed for you that's exciting thank you so much no worries um okay so let before we where can listeners find you on social media anywhere and i'll leave it in the link yes my instagram it's just at james stevens okay perfect and i'll leave it there um (laughs) 
thank you so much james for coming on it was great to oh, chat and thank you I so hope much you enjoyed. no worries at <laughs> yeah all. it was amazing <laughs> no worries thank you everyone for tuning into today's episode um you can hear me same time next week bye <laughs>